Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabriel Sullivan. We're men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Good morning, Gabe. Good morning, sir. Nice shirt. Appreciate it. Nice hat. Yeah, man. Got to represent the Tigers today. Saturday in the fall, with football game going on tonight. We're playing Florida State. Yeah, Florida mm-hmm. State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should be a good game, but... This podcast isn't about football. No, it's not. So uh, I'll but let quick you kind plug, of mention mentioning shirts and hats. We are now recording our episodes on video. If you're the video kind of guy and you want to watch us and see our beautiful faces, then uh, and that that was a joke. If you see our faces, you know they're not all that wow. beautiful. But uh, Gabe's got shiny sweet, head. shiny head though, yeah. so that's cool. But yes, check us out on YouTube. Um, I think Gabe's getting that worked out, so yes. we should be in good shape there. Check us out. We're trying to become uh, whatever we need to be so that we are as accessible to you as possible and, and hopefully connect with you. So with that plug, let's move into the episode. Uh, this is episode 46, and uh, we're going to call it Talk About It. Um, this is just kind of discussing why should we talk about the loss of our child, um, you know, the actual event of what happened, how we feel about it, you know, just the whole discussion of why should I talk about it? And I, I guess in my mind, it's pretty self-explanatory as to why we need to talk about this episode of talking about it, because stereotypically men are, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast. Stereotypically, men don't want to talk about their pain, their struggles, the things they don't know how to deal with. And there's that whole idea of let's just sit back and and you know grit grit our teeth and white knuckle it and we'll just find a way to get through and uh, you know I feel like we need to take a minute here and just give you guys permission to to be less than perfect mm. you know what I mean Gabe yeah um, so they just get to it the question is why should I talk to someone about my pain when I don't feel like talking and I think the, the most obvious, easy answer there that comes into my head is that ignoring pain doesn't lead to it healing. Um, I mean, I guess you could say sometimes at some point in the world's history it has. But for the most part, you know, whether you're talking about a cut on your finger or, you know, some other wound that needs to be cleaned out and needs to be bandaged up so that it can heal properly and not, you know, have infection. Or you're talking about the emotional pain of losing a job, you know, your child dying, having a divorce, if you don't deal with a type of pain, whatever type, whether it's physical or emotional or mental pain, that's going to lead to some sort of scarring. And, you know, emotional wounds are the same way as physical wounds there, that if we avoid talking about or dealing with the loss of our child, we're not necessarily, that's not moving on. That's just you know, staying where we are, not dealing with it, not processing it, and we're just setting ourselves up for disaster later on and, you know, allowing the festering wound of what, you know, what grief we feel over losing our child to just make us feel helpless and hopeless and just to feel alone in our pain. And you think that's a, you know, accurate way to describe all that, Gabe? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe just think about how, like, even... scripturally I think about Jesus said at one point he says my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death Mm. right so he was kind of 
he knew what was coming. So this is mm-hmm. a little different because we're talking about stuff that may have happened to us in the past, but he knew the, the pain that he was about to experience. And so he was expressing to his buddies, to his mm-hmm. disciples, like, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, we, we could have been like, you know, we would probably be like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like I'm, mm-hmm. like I'm sad or I'm not going to act like I'm, anxious about what's about to happen or I'm not going to act like I'm you know distraught because of what has happened you know mm-hmm. in the past like we just try to lock it down and push through and that may not always be the best um mm-hmm. to do yes there's a time and place for that but if we don't deal with those emotions then they're gonna they're gonna build up and eventually they're gonna come out or they're just gonna keep us down mm-hmm. you know because we're not gonna be able to rise up and, and get through the difficult times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you if you think biblically, then we we have a model for this, and you know, obviously the greatest model, like you said, is Jesus, and, and Jesus wasn't wasn't a stoic character who just walked through life and, yeah. and everything bounced off of him, mm-hmm. and you know he was perfect in his emotional life and never dealt with struggles. Like we know, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. He never failed. He faced temptation that we face, and he didn't give into it, but. You know, he cried with yeah. you know, with Mary and Martha, and, and when their brother Lazarus died, you know, he wept over that. And you could say, well, like, of course, yeah, you lose a friend, everyone's going to weep over that. But like, Jesus knew five minutes later, an hour later, whatever the timeline was, he was going to walk in, he was going to say, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus was going to be resurrected and come back out of that grave. And there was no reason. Humanly speaking, you could say there was no reason for Jesus to weep. He could have just immediately in that moment snapped his fingers and said, Lazarus, wake up. And instead of doing that, you know, he was vulnerable with his emotions in the sense that he opened up and he grieved with, he came alongside his friends and the people he loved in their emotions. And, you know, I didn't have this written down in our notes either, but, you know, if you think about David, I don't know if anybody else out there thinks about King David in the Bible as much as I think about him, but I think it like King David's like the action hero of the Bible, you know? Like he's he's just it's like, it'd be a great movie every time I think about it. I'm like, of course Hollywood doesn't care about biblical stories and if they did, you know, the way they did that Noah movie a few years ago, if they would uh, if they did a movie on David, it'd probably be really terrible and, and totally inaccurate. But like his life, you know, long story short, he was just this shepherd boy he gets anointed or he gets chosen by God to be king. He's anointed. Saul's still king. So, like, God's chosen him, but Saul's still trying to kill him because he finds out God's anointed him. All this different stuff. He finally becomes the king. God prospers him, and the kingdom is doing well. And then he fails and taking Bathsheba to be his wife when she's already somebody else's wife and you know, kills Uriah and all that stuff. And so there's this big fall, but then he does return to God and he repents and the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart all that to say like even strong King David who's fought so many battles you know that God doesn't choose him to build his temple because he says he's a man of war and a man of blood David wept a lot in the Bible you know Mm -hmm. I mean we have several Psalms that's when David's running from Saul he's hiding out different places in the desert and he feels like Everybody in the world, except for you know his twenty or thirty friends and his soldiers that are with him, hate him, want him to die. You know, the people have turned their back on him. His wife, his Saul's 
daughter and she's been taken from him and like you know so he's just got so much to grieve and then even after he's king when he loses his son with Bathsheba you know we've used that passage before you know he just he fasts and he weeps and he comes before the Lord and then when his son dies he cleans himself up comes back and he worships God and just praises God for his faithfulness and so you know all that to say if David and Jesus are man enough to open up with their emotions and to not act stoic and perfect and like nothing bothers them, it should be good enough for us. Yeah, I, I would great think. examples. Yeah. So back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, <laughs> yeah, the second reason why we should talk to someone in our pain um, is you know pretending our child didn't die doesn't make that true. You know, just like we talked about with with David and with Jesus, you know, they could have acted like the pain and the the heartache that they had. You know, Jesus could have just continued acting like he wasn't going to the cross and it wasn't a big deal and didn't bother him. But that wouldn't change the fact that God had ordained that as the way that humanity would be saved from our sin. And so Jesus didn't ignore what was coming down the road in front of him. And the example I thought of, you know, just to connect that with with our reality is if you need to change the brakes on your car you know you you can kind of feel sometimes when you you go down and push the brakes and doesn't quite work you know sometimes it takes a little longer to stop sometimes you start hearing the little metal strips that start squalling you know and you're like oh man that doesn't sound good i probably need to change my brakes soon so is the way to fix that problem just pretend that you your brakes are good and you don't need to change them so therefore your brakes are good now and you just you keep using the same ones clearly that's not how it works so when you need to change your brakes when you need to deal with some sort of emotional pain or some physical pain we just need to be strong and act like men like David and and Jesus there and put forth the effort to consider our children consider you know, how we've been how we've been affected by their death and you know just grapple with how their death causes us to think differently about ourselves and differently about God. And, you know, it's just as irresponsible to act like their death hasn't affected us as it would be to just ignore our brakes not working and continue driving 5,000 miles after your brakes give out and just increase your stopping distance more and more and more and more. And eventually you're going to have that rainy day and somebody's going to pull out in front of you and you try to hit your brakes and you can't. There's no brakes left, and you run into somebody, and you you get hurt, or you hurt them, and and that analogy I think holds true. You you might be good two years or five years or ten years after you lose your child, and you just acted like you know there wasn't any pain there to deal with, and one day something's gonna happen, and you just blow up because you've never dealt with that, and you just held it in your heart for so long, and you've not you not talked about it with anyone, or, or even talked about it with the Lord. Yeah, and I think what if you're, and I'm going I'm to transition from going to a catastrophe like that, like the brakes example, to a performance example, too. Like, we, what if you or us keeping our emotions um, squelched to the point that we're ignoring them and not dealing with these with these feelings that we're having or these questions that we're having? I love what you said there about um, making us kind of question like who 
we are or what we think about God, you know, or, or, or his will, like those things are not going to help us to thrive either, like keeping those things down, right? So um, it would be like if if your car was, you know, not hitting on all cylinders, so to speak, mm-hmm. or if you had some spark plugs that were not working properly, well, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to drive, but, but you're not going to be able to get after it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to really accelerate when you need to properly. Mm-hmm. And and same thing here. Like if we're ignoring these these emotions that we need to not ignore and that we need to deal with and that we need to overcome or get through or at least um, acknowledge mm-hmm. at the very least, mm-hmm. then we're not going to be the best that we can be. You mm-hmm. know, not for ourselves, not for our families, not for our careers, you know, not for our personal life. And so... I think that there's that both and. It's like we've got to make sure that we're not heading for a disaster mm-hmm. by trying to be this stoic that's not dealing with anything. And we also need to make sure that we are preparing our bodies and our, our minds, our hearts, to be able to be the best version of ourselves that we can be, not, mm-hmm. for, not for our selfishness, but because there's a lot of people in this world that are depending on us mm-hmm. to, to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you said like a performance way there, you know, performance example, and I just went right to like we're all, we're both wearing Clemson stuff today, you know, like if you've watched the 2022 Clemson season at this point, we've had a lot of good halves of football, maybe one or two like full games, but you know if if Dabo Sweeney, our coach, was shout out Dabo, yeah, shout out to Dabo, come on our podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, we need to get DJ. DJ knows him. We yeah, him man. Right, man. Hook that up. Um, but, uh, you know, if Dabo was content with a bunch of really good halves of football and no complete game, what's the point in practicing? You know, like from here on out, we're halfway through the season. Let's just let the guys get some rest, you know. Like DJ and the running backs and the, and the, the defense, they just, you know, they're good, especially that defensive line. You know, they're good enough. I don't see any reason for them to come in and practice. Let's let them focus on their schoolwork, you know, hang out with their friends. Maybe they'll come and we'll do like a walkthrough on Wednesdays or Thursdays and we'll be good. Like, it, I don't know how many of you guys are, are football fans listening to this, but, you know, I don't even think I need to say how absurd that would be if Dabo just came out after the post game tonight and was like, yeah, you know, we feel like we're doing pretty good. We're seven and zero now after we beat Florida State. We're just going to give the guys some time to rest. Like that's that's not how you handle adversity. That's not how you get better. And like like Gabe said, that's not how you become who you need to be to accomplish your goals. And their goals may be trying to win a national championship, and our goals are ultimately much more important. And being you know, the, the Christians we need to be, being the husbands we need to be, being the fathers we need to be, and everything else that falls below that, you know, the employee you need to be, the friend you need to be, everything else, and all that to just, just to belabor that point that you can't be your best in football or in your know, work environment or in your home if you don't work at it. And, and so, yeah, that's I right. think that's a, it's a great example, Gabe. Um, the next point there, next reason why we should talk about our emotions and, and the way we feel about losing our children is because it really helps you process your feelings. Um, we already you know went over this. Stereotypically, men are not as in tune with their emotions as women. 
obviously this isn't always true. I think Gabe and I are, are pretty good examples, you know, that, that guys can talk about their emotions. We're doing this podcast. We're on episode 46 here. Uh, we've, ta- we've interviewed, I think, four different men who've been open about their story, and, and Pastor Ashton gave us some advice from, from a pastoral perspective. But, you know, this means that we may be hurting after the death of our child and not even understand why we feel strange or understand how we feel and I think we all have enough you know enough brain cells to rub together to say well my child died I feel bad they're probably related but that doesn't mean that we have the ability to put into words how we're feeling to explain to our wives you know exactly how we are grieving over our child and to get on the same page with her and you know we'll get more into that marriage relationship here in a minute but you know if you can't open up to your wife not in the sense that every time you talk about your child you've got to be you know breaking down pouring tears and you know just like sobbing but being able to open up and just tell your wife like yeah i hurt and it's because we lost our child that's a helpful thing and i I think there's several reasons why we need to be intentional about talking about our children you know their life their death you know everything that surrounds that from telling their story to just reflecting on it and i think you know some of those quick and easy reasons there and you can jump in and add one here gabe if you think of one while we're talking but you know i think the first one is that we're honoring the memory of our child and we're we're keeping their memory alive by continuing to talk about them and you know that's if you love your child you want to talk about them and talk about the things they've done, the things they've accomplished, what they mean to you. You know, how many families do you know that like you go and you, you see the dad and he's the first thing he starts talking about is like his son's peewee football and like how great he's doing or, you know, whatever. They, they're they one of them's learning a new instrument or something. They just got the you see those stickers like my child's on honor roll. It's like you see there's so many of those stickers around. You wonder if anybody's not on honor roll sometimes. But, uh, you know, you're honoring the memory of your child. By continuing to talk about them, and I think you're creating opportunities for deep, meaningful, important conversations by talking about your child's death. And I think that's what we need more of to build relationships in our lives that can then, you know, have the opportunity where if we go through something, we suffer in some way, the people that we have connected with in having these conversations about our children can be there for us. They understand we have built this deep relationship. And then the same thing the other way when, you know, maybe you've got a close friend or you have a friend that wasn't so close and you you talked about your child, you built a deeper relationship and then they go through something and, you know, you have that standing, you have that, that deepness and that intimacy with one of your friends where you can go to him and you can help him through stuff because, you know, he needs it and, and he's suffering at that point. And I think you're another reason to talk about it and, and a benefit to it is that we're reducing that weirdness and awkwardness, you know, that comes when guys talk about real things. You know, I think guys, we, we do a bad job sometimes of talking about anything besides sports or the weather yeah. or, you know, whatever, politics or something. And, you know, having those, like I just said, those deep, meaningful conversations can be about our child. It can be about, you know, our faith in an unrelated sense to losing our child or related to, you know, what we think happens after life and, and what happens after we die. And 
if we are continuing to have these kinds of conversations about our kids, it not only helps us talk about miscarriage and stillbirth and, and the loss of a child, but it can also make it easier for that next guy to get help and to, to come to someone. And, you know, I'm not not uh, focusing on, like, you need to do this this good thing so that the next guy can get help. Like, that's good, and, and God has a timing to work all things out. But at this point, you know, Gabe and I are here doing this podcast so that, you know, by us talking about the loss of our children, you know, we're hoping to help you deal with the, the loss of your child. And then, you know, like that, that verse in Second Corinthians says, you know, the God of all comfort comforts us so that we can in turn pass that comfort on to other people who are hurting. And I, I think that's a, a great method of continuing to share the love of Christ and the, and the hope that comes in Christ. And the, the last reason why it's, it's helpful and, and it helps you to process your emotions by discussing it with people is just that, you know, why you're, you're telling the story of your child you're having to pick and choose, you know, what parts do you want to say in this particular situation? You know, if I'm at work, somebody asks me how many kids I have, and I say one, and they're like, well, actually, no, I have two. I have my son who's not here, and I have my daughter who's here. Then just talking about that and telling, you know, what parts of the story do I tell? Do I share any emotional parts? Do I relate just the facts? How should I tell that? Last time I told it, I didn't like the way I described something. You know, just the way you're crafting that story, not in a lying sense, but in the, you know, what's appropriate for the situation. I think every time you speak of your children, you are familiarizing yourself with what happened rather than pushing it away and forgetting it. And so that helps you reflect each time you tell the story and to just get more in touch with your emotions, not in the weird hippy dippy. I'm going to go sit, you know, and go, um, while I'm sitting in a cabin somewhere and getting in touch with myself and all that stuff. But in the, the sense that like, just like we already used the example of a football or of a car, you know, if you're, if you're a car guy and you don't know what your car can do, you're not a very good car guy. And if Dabo is, is Clemson's football coach, and he doesn't have a clue if DJ can hit a 10-yard out route or maybe he can barely even toss the football behind into the running back. He's not a very good coach if he doesn't have an, a good assessment and a good familiarity with what his team or what his car or what we emotionally are capable of and, and what state we're in. So I think that just goes back to the fact that, you know, we can't ignore our pain if we're regularly discussing it. And mm. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that in regards to what you were saying there earlier, it makes me think of, and we're going to get to that verse in a few minutes, but the Second Corinthians verse or First Corinthians verse, second, second yeah, um, where like we are created for one another, right? We're create we're created to be in relationships. Okay, God didn't just make one human and set that one human on earth and then that was it, right? He made a bunch of us and we keep going. And we cuz we need and we need each other. And I think about like even in nature, <clears throat> like everything works in symbiosis to keep the planet going in the right direction. Like we breathe out carbon dioxide, which the plants take and utilize to help them be healthy and strong. And then they in turn give us oxygen. And so 
that's kind of the way this situation is here too. It's like what we have gone through and what we've experienced, it's important for us to speak of it because we're going to be able to encourage other people that might be going through a similar or uh, or the same you know, journey. Because And figuring out how we do that, I like what you said there, Will, about figuring out how we do it and each time we do it, it's going to get better. You know, and we get more comfortable with it where it's not weird for us, it's not necessarily weird for the other person. Um, but sometimes it's okay for there to be a little bit of weirdness if it makes the person sit back and reflect and think. You know, like what if we never had those conversations with people about about the Lord and then they did not even know that they needed the Lord to forgive them of their sin? Well, that would be an awkward conversation that if we didn't have and that person didn't reflect on it and maybe give their life to Christ, then they die and go to hell. Mm. So because we didn't want it to be awkward for a few minutes, mm. then we condemn that person to hell. Well, that's no good, right? So let's let's figure out how to make the awkward as least awkward as possible, but knowing that we need to say what we need to say when we need to say it. Mm. And I think that kind of goes right along with this too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point to say that, you know, obviously if you knew, if you knew Gabe and I, you know, we're not, you know, we're not anything special. We're not like, you know, incredible. Gabe's a published author and we're both doing self-published, self-published <laughs> author, you know, I, you know yeah. sounds cool either way, <laughs> yeah, there but, you, go. you know, like you, I think it, it could be easy because I do this with, with people that I listen to podcasts of. It's, it's easy to be like, okay, well, those guys have a podcast where they're talking about the loss of their child. They've written books. They've got it together. They can talk th- about their kids. Mm. But I'm just a assembly line worker at BMW. I'm just, a, you know, I'm, I'm in construction. I'm just a lawyer. I'm just this or that. I'm not capable of doing that. And, mm. and I think, one, that's just wrong. Like, I'm just a construction worker. Gabe's just a chiropractor, if you want to say it that way. You know, like, we're not special in the sense that we have some ability to get more in touch with our emotions than you. And I I think that's true, that that it's biblical. God gifts people in different ways, and he might have gifted Gabe and I with the ability to think through these sorts of topics in a different way than you do, maybe, and, and word it differently. But we're, Gabe and I aren't, aren't telling you here you need to talk about your child and, and the death of your child on a podcast. Like, just talk to one of your friends about it. You know, if somebody, mm-hmm. I think the easiest thing for me, and, and maybe my job is it's a little different than yours out there because I, I meet new people, you know, on a weekly basis. But, you know, people ask you, you talk, and you're like, you know, you're married, you got any kids. That's like the perfect opportunity to just say, yeah, I have two. I have a son who was stillborn in 2019, and I have a daughter who's 21 months old. And that gets that's a little weird. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, okay," and you know, maybe don't know what to say. But I think to get to the point of you know making that an intentional practice, it's not weird, it's not bad, and you're not going to ruin a conversation by acknowledging that you have a child that isn't living. And, mm. and I think that's a that awkwardness is okay and it's you know if you don't know how to fully explain the whole story don't feel like you have to the first time just acknowledge your child existed and exists and you know that you love them 
by continuing to talk about them. And so, I think I was yeah, gonna say but, too that I think that you know in this scenario, like I, I think about somebody that's in my family that uh, lost a son at he was like thirty something. He got he just developed some weird cancer, and man, he was gone within a couple months. Super sad. It was my cousin, and um, you know this this his his mother unfortunately she has had a really hard time with that understandably so i mean it's you know we know it's never easy to lose a child especially you know i I hope i never know what it's like to lose a 30 something year old child that you've grown to know and love and Mm -hmm. had all these memories with i hope i never have to experience that um but that situation has definitely defined her life instead of developed her life Mm -hmm. Like, she cannot get past it. And so everything, almost, that you see or hear or whatever, like, you can just, like, that's all she'll talk about, right? And that's all she'll post about and write about. And mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I don't think, unfortunately, that it's necessarily to keep his memory alive all the times. It's, it's because she hasn't been able to to work through that and then use that as a stepping stone to, um, you know, take her relationship with people or with the Lord to the next level or to use that as an opportunity to help her to be an encouragement to other people. Um, it's, it's, it's a situation where, um, it breaks my heart, you know, because I see how much she struggles. Um, and my point in that is that, you know, if we if we engage with this lady like you would you would understand very quickly kind of where she's coming from in that and, and that it's not necessarily a place of health right it's a place of ill health um not good health ill health emotionally and and mentally and i think that how we approach this subject you know with others is a good indication of have we allowed this situation to define who we are or develop or to develop who we are are we going to let it be a stumbling block for ourselves our lives our careers our families Mm. or are we going to allow it to be a stepping stone for all those and you know quite honestly for me for years you know and i'm not saying i've completely moved past this but it was a stumbling block you know because i kept thinking i had these thoughts in my mind of like man you know uh, this bad situation happened in our lives, there's going to be other bad situations that just keep happening. Like, like we are, we are called to obviously my life is supposed to be one of suffering and pain and loss and struggle and difficulty and challenge. Um, and therefore I let that inhibit a lot of my thinking, right? I mean, about life, about business, about so many things, relationships, whatever. And, you know, that's something that thankfully the Lord has helped me understand in the past few years, but not till the past few years, you know, and I, and I, we went through this 17 years ago. So it was 15 years, probably at least of just these real limited negative thoughts that, um, I, that just plagued me, right? Because I just, I just couldn't, I just, I just wouldn't let it go that, hey, this was a time period in your life. This wasn't necessarily your life. Mm-hmm. Like failure is an event, okay, not a person. Mm-hmm. All right, this this loss was an event. This this did not define your whole mm-hmm. existence, right? And God had a, a plan for that, 
And I had to, to release that to him and be like, okay, that was an event, all right? That was a time period, but you still have, you have greater things in store for me and my family that are going to be good. You know, just like we look in the book of Job, right? He lost everything. Um, but then God gave him back like threefold, you know, what he lost. Doesn't take away the pain from what he lost or not that he doesn't miss his family that he lost and his children and everything and his business that he worked so hard to, to make. But God got him through it, taught him some lessons, and then blessed him on the other side of it, you know, and that's where we want to find ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you, know, you, can, you can speak to that again here in a second about you know just how that relates exactly to your marriage and, and those like you say those those negative thoughts um i guess dwelling on those negative thoughts you know every, everyone has yeah times of struggle and that's the point of this podcast you know is that yep. there's different uh different seasons that you're in and again that's biblical um but you know if you're if you're not talking to your wife at all, you know, like I say, you don't have to make it the entire topic of conversation every single time you're around each other. But if you're not talking at all about your child, losing your child, reflecting on you know the hopes you had for them, the plans, and, and then just how you're hurting after losing them, then it can push you and your wife apart. So, you know, conversely, if you're talking with your wife, it can give you a chance to draw closer to each other, to grieve together uh, to build intimacy there and and to show vulnerability to your wife in the sense that you know, you're showing her that you're a person too and it's you you also hurt you're connected to her connected to the grief and the loss of your child and that you're not just moving on and, you know obviously every relationship's different but you know it's possible that your wife, at least initially or months after, years after, you know, whatever, is dealing with her emotions differently than you. And maybe they're pouring out their hearts to you about how much they miss the child's touch or laugh or smile or, you know, silly things they do. Or maybe they just miss, you know, if your child died before birth, they miss, you know, the kick and when your child had hiccups and and all these different things that you don't know and you're maybe you're numb to your pain or like we've said before you know you're not talking about your child and you don't even know how you feel and so when your your wife is just pouring out to you how she feels or maybe she's just saying you know I miss our son today and you're just so overwhelmed by the idea of going down that path of opening that conversation and talking that you just refuse to do it or you just say you know you know, I miss him too, and I'm I'm guilty of that. Uh, that when there's times when my wife has has said, you know, I miss our son's name's Gabriel, and so like I miss Gabriel, and I'm just like, yeah, me too. You know, like it's 11:30 at night, we need to go to sleep, and I'm just like, yeah, I do too. You know, it's not time to have that conversation, basically. And so like it's fine. You know, maybe if the time is not right, but if we make that the pattern of our relationship that can cause a disconnect between us and our wives that will grow and grow. And we need to be intentional about confronting that and working to get past it. And I think, you know, you can jump in here again and Gabe, but you know, taking time to talk to our wives, we're showing them, like I already said, you know, that we hurt too. We're not robots that, 
we lost our child. We felt bad for a week when we were home from work, and then we had to go back to work. And life is normal again. You know, I'm using air quotes. Um, we, we're showing our wives that we care about their pain and suffering. We care about the the hurt. We care about not having our child here with us, and that affects us. You know, we're showing them that we want their thoughts. We care about their thoughts, and we're we are opening up to them and we want their input and in how we process things, how we think, how we feel in this. That extends to, you know, showing them that we value them and their opinion in intimate, personal things, not just like we value their opinion in whether we get the blue car or the red car or we buy a new car. And that builds a deep intimacy that then, you know, carries on and, and strengthens your marriage into, you know, if you're if you're 30 years old, the next 40 years, you know, that is a, a foundation that you're building with your wife to go through pain and suffering and hardship together rather than separately. And the last thing is just obviously you're, you're showing your wife that you love your child too and that you remember mm-hmm. them and you're not trying to just move on and ignore them. Yeah, and this will, you know, this will help your marriage like it just will like ladies are just more um you know emotionally minded than we are and their level of intimacy is not just about you know physical intimacy which is the driving force for men uh their intimacy level is very much tied to their emotions right and so like you're doing yourself a favor by by talking to your wife about these situations because it's going to help your marriage. It's going to grow you closer to one another, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So you're helping her because you're going to help her be encouraged, and you're going to help her deal with her emotions. Uh, you're helping yourself, and you're going to make yourselves grow uh, closer together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've we've got one more reason as to why we should be talking to our to someone in our pain, and I, I think it goes along with and leads right into the next conversation as to who we should talk to and how we should handle that. So I think if you're cool with it, Gabe, we should we should cut it here. We're at about 38 minutes, so we'll we'll leave you here and then we'll pick back up on the next episode. Yeah, and thanks for joining us today, guys. Make sure you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out Gabe's books. He's got two books now, so check those out. Thou Will Be Done, question mark at the end of it, and Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. And uh, last little plug, if you didn't see on social media, we have a email address now. Uh, I've joked with Gabe about don't know if anybody uses email addresses. If you just want to reach out to us on social media, that's fine. We'll look for those messages and we'll get back to you. But hopefully there's some of you out there who, who still use email and still want to connect with us there. So that email address is lostboystofoundfathers at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out fully. Two is T-O, not the number two. So reach out to us there, and hopefully we can get back with you and connect with you. Let's not be lost. Let's be found in Him.